0: danielbritt.com. Well, you better hold on. We've got a lot of ground to cover, and this roller coaster ride is going to be fast and furious. Sitting with me is Ben Spear joining us today on the program. And, and if that name alone doesn't perk your ear up, the stories that this man has are really going to keep your attention. Uh, <laughs> ben, I guess we have to go back to the ukulele. You As, as a child, was, was that probably, in the singing family that you were a part of, was that the beginning? Was that... What catapulted you on the stage?
1: Yes, that was. And uh, uh, I was a boy alto and uh, played the ukulele. Yeah. And I still have a ukulele that Daddy bought me in 1937. And uh, if any of your listeners saw the uh, Kennedy Center videos that we did, Kevin Williams plays that very ukulele. Yeah,
0: I remember that. Tell me about your mom and dad, and tell me how far back that that spear name goes with with ties to gospel music.
1: Daddy was uh, writing for uh, songs for uh, Athens Music Company in Athens, Alabama, which was owned by my grandfather C. A. Brock, hmm. and his daughter Lena Brock was. Uh, be- became Daddy's Bride and my mother. Yeah. And that was in 1920. Uh, they were married in February of 1920. My brother Brock was born in December of that same year. And uh, Rosanelle came on three years later, and then Mary Tom two years later. Yeah. And then I, five years after Mary Tom. So there was ten years difference between Brock and myself. And, uh, well, I was born in Double Springs, Alabama. That's mm-hmm. North Alabama, sort of between Haleyville, J.K.'s hometown, yeah. and Cullman, Alabama. And uh, I moved to Lawrenceburg, Tennessee, when I was a year old, and the rest of the family followed shortly thereafter. So <laughs> <laughs> I usually say. And um, so uh, Dad worked and wrote music then wrote songs for the Vaughn Company until 1941. Well, as the children got old enough to sing and to play instruments, Daddy wanted us to, to uh, he wanted a singing family, a yeah, musical yeah. family, not only singing, but he wanted us to play instruments. So Brock played guitar. Rosanelle, my oldest sister, became a very good, outstanding piano player, hmm. and uh, Mary Tom played a mandolin, and I played a little ukulele. So uh, uh, that, was the, uh, that was the beginning of the Spear family. Now, let me go back. Daddy and mother formed a group in 1921 with his sister and her husband, Pearl Claiborne and Logan Claiborne, and their mother and dad. And that was the first Spear Quartet. And, uh, I've got a poster hanging in my office where it says, admission, 25 and 35 cents. <laughs> <laughs> now, is there, do you have, there recordings back then of any of that? Oh no. no Our first recording, serious recording, commercial recording, I should say, was 1947 for Columbia. Okay. Uh, before that we had, uh, we had done some on uh, home grade, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, acetate recorders, sure. But uh, our, our our first commercial recording was '47.
0: So in '47, in the '40s, what was the music scene as a whole? What was it like? Uh, did Columbia need a gospel group to come
1: round out their their whole goal as uh, in making music? Oh yes, uh, the uh, RCA company had the uh, Carter family yeah. and uh then as time went on there was a there was a family from uh, uh North Carolina Charlotte North Carolina the Johnson family so uh i guess i guess that's the reason they were attracted to the Spear family yeah. and uh it was a good experience uh, the studios during that year was working night and day because the American Federation of Musicians went on strike, January the first, nineteen forty-seven. So the month leading up to that, they were running people through in and out of the studio <laughs> like it was had a revolving door, and we were some of those people. And uh, when we recorded then, it went straight to disc, straight straight to. Uh, Acetate disc. And, uh, along in the 60s and 70s, a new thing came along. A lot of the kids at that time thought it was new direct to disc recording. (laughs) It wasn't new (laughs) at all. We did it in 1947. So,
0: (laughs) (laughs) did you have, um, because we were talking with Weatherford, I talked to Lefebvre's, and obviously the Statesman, and, um, uh, we talked to George Juntz. They all had periods where radio was so big, that's what you did. You went to radio, you did live radio.
1: That's true. We didn't have an opportunity for radio, because the Vine Company was in Lawrenceburg, Tennessee, and there was no station there at that time. But in, in, in 1941, Dad went to work for the Stamps Baxter Music Company, which is, was located in Dallas, Texas. Hmm. And, uh, wrote music for them for 25 years until his death. They wanted us to have a radio program. So in 1941, we moved to Montgomery, Alabama, because Dad had been able to secure a radio broadcast there early morning, five days a week, 6 to 6.15. And that was the beginning of World War II. My brother, Brock, was the right age for it, and he was drafted into the armed services. Went overseas, served time in the quartermaster in Italy, and uh, we had to uh, do the radio broadcast without a bass singer. So, But we, we went ahead and did it, and we would do our, our radio program from 6 to 6.15, and about 10 minutes after 6, a country group would move in, with their steel guitar and their upright bass and, uh, and fiddle and a young man by the name of Hank Williams followed us from 615 to 630 for four or five years while yeah. we were there. We moved away in 46 to Nashville and, and Hank went on then to, uh, see, we, I guess we were holding him back. <laughs> he he went on then to the Louisiana Hayride and, yeah. uh, and, uh and of course, uh, the rest is history. Yeah. And I think so often about what a superstar he would have been had he lived. And those writings, those songs he wrote, they're just they're they're dynamite songs. They're they're hmm. they're giants.
0: Now your dad, you said he worked for Stamp and Music and, and wrote. Now was this simultaneously why he was keeping the Spear family on the road? Yes. Uh, uh,
1: see, we were, uh, our group represented that music company. And, uh. Did you go out and sell songbooks? Yes, it was yeah. the days of songbooks. Yeah. No sheet music yet. Right, right. Days of songbooks. No band, except what we played. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, uh, most, most of the groups, uh, used just piano. But dad didn't think that was enough, I guess. And, uh, so he, uh, and what I'm so thankful for, is that he made us learn the rudiments of music. Yeah. And to, un- so we would know and understand what we were singing instead of just by ear. Mm. And I've done a lot of producing in the, uh, last 20 years and, uh, I never, uh, never cease to be thankful for the fact that dad taught us mm-hmm. the rudiments of music and what makes up the chords what chords to play, what chords the singers need to, to sing to match the piano or the, or the, or the band. And uh, so it wasn't just a hit-and-miss situation with him. He wanted it sung like it was written.
0: Hmm. When did the Stamps-Baxter School of Music start, and was your dad a part of that?
1: It started in about 1926 is when the Stamps-Baxter Company was formed and they started having the singing schools then okay. that lasted up till about the middle of the 50s 55 56 uh, after the korean war mm-hmm. they changed the uh, uh nature of the school because there were gi's coming out with the gi bill of rights and uh so the school sort of turned into a a, a school with a, a bunch of Uh, servicemen, rather than open to the general public. Mm -hmm. And uh, that continued for about three years, and and then the attendance dropped off so low that they they decided to close it down. And then in 1986, Bob Jones, who was uh, president of, of the music division of the Zondervan Corporation, who in 1975 bought the Stamps Baxter company and they wanted to move all of the operation from Dallas to Nashville
0: is this the same bob jones with the weatherfords
1: uh yeah uh, no not with the weatherfords okay uh he has a group in california called the songfowls i've heard that name yeah bob jones junior actually his his dad is still living and singing some but he's in his 90s but uh, Bob is connected with the Samick musical instrument company. Mm-hmm. And, uh, let's see. So he hired me to work for Stamps Baxter and move the office from Dallas to Nashville. And when he did, because he grew up in the singing schools like I did, and he asked one of the writers, said, what made that work? And Joe Park said, I think it was those singing schools that they used to have. <laughs> so Bob said to me, first thing I want you to do is to start those singing schools back. So I did. And a couple of years later, uh, uh, they had a cut back in the company and I fell in that. So I was, I was let go. So I retained the rights to use that name hmm. and I continued the singing schools, uh, on my own up until today yeah still going (laughs) yes yes and uh you did us a great tremendous favor by sending a great young lady (laughs) up there and uh ashley hawkins yes and and we fell in love with ashley she is such a talented person and so much potential there and uh we thank your radio station for sending her. I understand she works for you, some.
0: Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, she, she does.
1: And yeah, as a matter of fact, she's been working more and more with us. And
0: um, and she brings a lot uh, to the station and helping out. And mm-hmm. she learned a great deal. She was talking about Eloise Phillips and then the the little concerts she would do at night, um, and and getting to meet those artists as well. But right. But shape notes before and she was asking me like I was I was the expert. Before she left, she said now. Tell me a little bit about shape notes. What's that all about? You know, I said, I, I kind of think I know what it's about. I said, I think it's kind of so you don't even have to really have a staff, but I'm not sure. You could just see the notes and know what pitch to hit. And we did a little bit of research on the Internet. So we gave her a little bit of an idea, I think. Hope we yeah. didn't lead her astray. And then she learned the uh, the gospel truth okay. at Sam's Baxter.
1: Yeah, there's a fellow here at the convention this week who teaches at Belmont University in Nashville. And he... He's re- researching shape notes, yeah. the origin of, sh- of the seven note shapes. And uh, he described it to me, and I'd never heard this all of my life of being connected with shape notes. He said, there's a saying, every tone has a note. Every note has a tone. Hmm. Or maybe it was every note has a pitch. Yeah, Every pitch has a toe, or uh, whatever. Yeah, right, you know right. what I'm saying.
0: Sure, sure. So, uh, Stamps Backs are still going strong. When, back in the days when you were selling songbooks, who was your clientele? What was the demographic of people who bought the
1: songbooks? Uh, farmers, uh, sing convention people, uh, uh and, uh, blue collar people. Mm-hmm. Did churches buy them? Uh, church church some churches did it wasn't a big hit in churches at that point that i remember hmm. of course i was still young and uh, uh in 1951 i started a publishing company and started publishing sheet music uh rather than songbooks and uh my first publication was peace in the valley really there will be peace in the valley wow
0: Oh, that's something, that's something to be proud of there. In this, was it the 60s? It had to be the 60s, I guess, that you, you first heard the music and started using the music of Bill Gaither. Is that correct? Yes, uh huh. I've been to Calvary. Was that the first one?
1: Yes. I published the first six songs he wrote. Yeah. Well, it was, uh, four songs, actually. I've been to Calvary, The Joy of Serving the Lord, uh, that's, uh, Let's make a joyful noise unto the Lord. And when I think of Calvary, then there were a couple that he arranged, and I also published those too.
0: So your history and your work with Bill goes goes back to the 60s. And, and um, now I know maybe you didn't work as close with him uh, throughout all those decades as you are now. But how does it feel at this point in your life to be reacquainted in a, such a tight business relationship with, with Bill?
1: Well, it feels real good. Because he understands us, and we understand him <laughs> musically. I'm talking about, and uh, he uh, uh, he has done so much to popularize the Southern gospel music. Mm-hmm. The phone started ringing at my office a very short time after those videos started circulating and the questions were where did that music come from <laughs> we've never heard anything like that so yeah, yeah. <laughs> well i'd lived with it all my life so yeah
0: yeah um when did your when did
1: your mom and dad pass away dad died in 1966 the okay. mother followed 13 months later in, right, right. in 1967 you know what uh, an odd thing. No relation or anything to the Goodmans or, or, or what, but it, it just... Uh, Daddy died and mother died 13 months later. Howard died and Vestal died 13 months later.
0: Wow. Do you believe what they say that uh, if you're so in love with someone and, and they leave that usually it's not far behind at the other?
1: That's true. In fact, my mother told my aunt... Aunt Pearl, you know, I mentioned uh, the first quartet, Daddy's mm-hmm. sister, that was Pearl Claver. She told Aunt Pearl, you know, after she knew she had cancer and there was no hope, you know, it won't be too bad to be with Jesus mm-hmm. and Tom again.
0: That's what it's all about when you really get down, and we've talked about it, I said it before, you can get upset and in a tizzy about what the industry's doing and the way the sound <laughs> is going, but it's really... <laughs> It's it's something bigger than than shape notes or round notes or how long you hold the note. Yeah. Have you ever? And uh, Mary Tom does she still play the mandolin? No, no, <laughs> she hated the mandolin,
1: <laughs> and she did not want to play that at all. And Daddy just made her do it. So. Does, does she? You think she still knows how? No, no, I know she doesn't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she deliberately. Well, I was going to say, and maybe this is, this is why he hasn't. Um, I just can't believe Bill hasn't put you back on the ukulele and, and Rosanne on <laughs> the piano and uh, and and Mary Tom on the mandolin and come up with a house band.
1: <laughs> well, Rosanne has has played piano on the on some of the videos, yeah. you know. So,
0: well, after your mom and dad passed away in a, in the late '60s, moving into the '70s, how did the Spear family, how did the music of the Spears change?
1: Well, it's, it changed because of uh, the addition of uh, other instruments, the drums. Mm. My son played drums and Brock had a son that, uh, has a son rather <laughs> that, that played bass and, uh, and Brian, who is Allison Durham's Spears husband yeah, played guitar. So, uh, the addition of the instruments, uh, changed and, uh, also uh, the uh the style of music didn't change all that much but uh then we started uh once we went through the band thing uh <laughs> we started using tracks so that was different and uh I know a lot of people uh object to the tracks and sure. uh, thinks that it uh, it takes away but but it makes sense to me always did that uh, uh you you'd you'd sound better if you could sound like your recordings,
0: yeah, yeah, that's true and you've you had um Sue Dodge Ann downing, uh even up to Daryl Williams um you had the people who came through the Spear family. How did you find these people, and when you found them, were they as good as when they
1: left? <laughs> Well, we were losing a, a, a soprano singer. Sue was with the Downings. They had found her. And, uh, they came to a parting of the ways over something, I don't know. (laughs) And so Sue came to us and said, "I, I would love to sing with the Spears. Well, uh, we were glad to get her because of that. She was a sensation. Mm, yeah. And still is a sensation. I've seen her light up an audience just without, before she, she even sings a note. Sure, sure. That, that effervescent smile of hers, yeah. it just yeah. lights up the audience. Yeah. And, the, uh, and can sing like a house of fire. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think the best group we had, ever had was with Sue, Jeannie Johnson, mm. Harold Lane, and, uh, of course, Brock and myself.
0: I've got a story about Jeannie Johnson and her husband, Bob Johnson. My mm-hmm. um, uh, my grandparents were also named, um, well, his name was was Robert Johnson, Bob Johnson. And he lived in Greensboro, North Carolina, two houses down from Bob and Jeannie Johnson. Yeah. And they always got their mail crossed with each other. <laughs> and uh, so right before Bob and Jeannie would go or or Jeannie would go to travel with the Spears, they'd always have to get their mail straightened out, and then they'd take care of it. And uh, <laughs> You ever see, uh, Baba Jeannie?
1: Yes, I do. Uh, not real often, but, uh, if we go over there within reach, yeah. they will come to see us. And, uh, I do, a, uh, some, uh, producing for a couple of stores over in Gatlinburg. They wanted, uh, 20 song CDs hmm. with, uh, with a choir. And I usually will, uh, We'll call Jeannie and have her come over and sing on that.
0: Tell me about Harold Lane. How did you hook up with him?
1: Harold Lane sang with a group in Huntington, West Virginia, called the Gospel Harmony Boys. And uh, he'd written some pretty good songs. And I had a publishing company. <laughs> <laughs> and I was interested in that. But uh, going back to dad's desire to sing it like it was written, to know music and do it right. Hmm. He he recognized Harold's uh, musical ability, and Harold is very well educated in music as an arranger, as a writer. And we felt like uh, dad was sick at the time. And Harold had not been with us but i uh, maybe five or six months when Daddy died and uh <clears throat> Brock and I thought we could not continue with someone to try to be another Dad spear. We had to do something different, yeah. and Harold Lane got us over that hump, if you might want to call it, sure uh, a lot of people. Expected us to just fold up and quit singing. Hmm. And, uh, and so Harold began to write special arrangements for us. Here again is another thing, uh, another way that uh, our music changed, as you asked a while ago, doing those uh, outstanding arrangements, five part harmonies. We felt like that, uh, he contributed so much to the group and stayed with us 22 years. It's incredible.
0: What's Harold doing today?
1: Harold is not well. He's uh, he's become pretty feeble. Yeah.
0: Where does he live now?
1: Nashville. Still lives in Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the Spear family music
0: uh, has led, and we've talked about all the changes that have happened, and in the way that you really have pioneered. I'm sure you know this. I don't. I had gosh, I don't even have the year in front of me, but Claude Hopper, Reynolds Auditorium. Yes. You know the story. <laughs> yes. And that's what inspired him. And I'm sure there are countless others who heard the Spear family on the radio or had a recording or or grew up fans of the Spear family, wanted to sing with the group or at least inspired them to get into this industry. How does that make you feel to hear stories like that?
1: It it just makes me so thankful that uh, we have had a part of inspiring someone to go into a musical career.
0: If your dad were alive today, how would he see... The state of gospel music. How do you think he, would, if you could put yourself in your dad's mind, would would he would he say one pretty good, or would he be well? These kids need to learn how to read music better. They're too ignorant in the theory of music and the rudiments, like you've talked about. What would his
1: take be? Well, I think he would. Uh, it would thrill him to death to see how the gospel music has has grown, and the crowds that we're having now. And especially the Gaither crowds, night after night, up to ten, twelve, fifteen thousand 15,000 people. And, uh, yes, he would, uh, he would frown on the, <laughs> the, uh, let me see how to say this, musically undereducated. Sure, maybe. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but he told Willie Wynn one time, he said, Willie, I've heard so much of this, uh, off-pitch singing, I begin to like it. <laughs> and he also told me, they said, you know these groups that, that change the melodies and call it their arrangements? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've
0: heard from people who've come through these doors and sit at this table about, uh, and we when we were talking about Anthony Berger, the thing that kept coming up was work ethic, work ethic. And, um, that's the same thing that's been said about you, that you have a charting session with Bill, you go in, you and he sit down, you work on something, but then you go back and you labor and you labor and you labor just to get it, get it right. And, and um, what, what keeps you going at your age with, that, with, with those arrangements, with being the music director, as you're titled, on the uh, homecoming productions, the tour and the videos?
1: The love of it, the love of the music, and the love of having it done correctly. I'll tell you, I'm so fortunate to be able to uh, do that with with the best musicians in the in the world and the best singers in the world. Hmm. Those musicians and singers can do anything you want them to do, any style. That's what makes them capable of of uh, instrumentalists, uh, the 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 players being able to play with uh, with the superstars. I don't dare start and trying to name them, but anyway.
0: How, how do you, and maybe the answer would be just because music is music, notes are notes, how do, how do you keep keep the music that you're helping to produce fresh and exciting when your history goes all the way back to the 40s? How, how are you into the year 2006 and seven with Bill Gaither, who's always doing new arrangements and bringing old songs back with a new flair? How are you able to... Um, to put that out in such a new and fresh, exciting way?
1: Well, it, uh, here again, it goes back to the love of music and love of doing uh, uh, things in there and hearing these people perform like, uh, like they do. Of course, uh, you know, I, can't, I don't have any family, any relatives at all that I can call in to, to sing on these sessions because uh, they're just not good enough. Ben? They're just not good enough. Ben? They're just not good
2: enough. Ben, what about me?
1: Allison, get out of my life.
2: (laughs) Get out of my life.
1: She has not been lying to you, has she?
2: He is my great, great grandfather.
1: That is not true.
2: Somebody introduced me the other night as Ben Spears' wife. Oh. <laughs>
1: and I said, heaven forbid. You guys
0: have to have a sense of humor to keep going. And For, what, six, what are we in, six, 60, how many years?
1: Well, I'm... 72 yeah, years yeah. in this industry.
0: <laughs> I guess if you didn't have a sense of humor... Uh, in 1946, you would have called it quits, probably.
1: Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure, yes. yes. No, back to the Gaither thing. Uh, it's the love of hearing the music. It, it just, you know, it speaks to me. And, uh, and the accomplishment is it, it's so satisfying. Uh, Bill, uh, on his second video, of course, you've probably heard the story about the first one. He mm-hmm. had no intention of it being a video. Mm-hmm. He just brought a cameraman in with one camera and, uh, in a recording studio. And when he uh, got home and got, began looking at that, it was a song, Where Could I Go? that, that he was uh, recording. And, and he wanted to bring some of the pioneers in. So he had, had asked us to come and uh, Brock and I and, and Eva May Lefever yeah. and, uh, uh, Hovey Lister. And, uh. Jake that, and George that, and Glenn. Yeah, yeah. And we all did just short solo lines, you yeah. know, on that, uh. And,
0: uh. And if that's all that ever was, that would have been very innovative and creative on Bill's part. I, you know, if, oh, if yeah. it never went anywhere yeah. else, that would have been a collection right. to have.
1: So, uh, he, uh. He, he took it home and, uh looked at that raw footage, and he said, I might have something here. So he scheduled another taping in Nashville during a Quartet Convention because he figured that everybody who is anybody in yeah. Southern Gospel Music would be there that week and uh, would save him a lot of money not having to pay transportation to sure. bring people sure. in. <laughs> so. Uh, he called. Uh, I had a studio, recording studio at the time. He called and said, "Can you put a band together?" Well, okay, yeah. So I got a, hired a drummer, a guitar player, harmonica player, uh, a bass, and Bill thinks, and I've told him this, <laughs> and everybody knows every Gaither song that they've ever written. <laughs> well, it turned out. There were no charts. I wound up having to get, give hand signals to the, to the musicians mm. so they knew what chords to go to. Mm. Then we had to go in. Of course, that, that didn't cover all the bases, sure. so we had to go in after the fact at the studio and do corrections. Yeah. So I told Bill after that taping, I said, if you'll send me a list of uh, songs that you want to do on the next video, I'll write some charts. And we'll, uh, we'll do it right. And all I ask is the title of music director. And he said, you've got it. <laughs> <laughs> so it has stunk. It, it, it,
2: it has stunk. It has stunk. stunk. <laughs> it stunk.
1: It's stunk. It has stunk. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it didn't stink. <laughs> any, no. any sense of a word. It didn't stink.
0: Who was the drummer that wore the headphones, that always had the smile, and he was in the booth, and every time you, you wanted to know that homecoming friend, but he never had
2: a name?
1: <laughs> Roger. Bird. Bird, yeah. Is he still Bird. Is he still in Nashville doing music? No, he, he was in Indiana. He was in Indiana. Was okay. Anderson, Indiana. He's at a church there. He's a, min, a minister of music, and, uh, uh, and he did some producing in Gaither Studio and stuff yeah. like that, so. Yeah, Roger always was alive, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, he, he really was.
0: He really was. Early on in the videos, as you said, it was kind of off the cuff. You you would just he would let's right. do this song, okay, you sing this part, and you could tell it was all very impromptu. Uh, as we've moved in through the videos, um, they have they've become more orchestrated and, and you have more of the of the tracks that are sort of behind there or the orchestrations that come in, whether they're added mm-hmm. ahead of time or, or, or later. Um, what's your favorite? Do you like, do you prefer the older videos where it was maybe not as professional, maybe not as perfect, but it was, it was capturing that impromptu moment or do you like the newer ones that you're, I like
1: the older, older style better, older uh, method of doing that. And, uh, I've tried to talk Bill into going back to studio C and his, uh, studio in India and, in ethics and, uh, He said, well, just uh, can't get enough people in there. Well, you can get enough, (laughs) but it's not enough for him. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he, uh, Daddy used to have a saying uh, would fit Bill. Anything Bill does, he just cuts down the whole tree. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty accurate.
0: Well, this has been great. and You're still traveling primarily with the homecoming tour.
1: Yes, that's about all I do. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I've done a couple of things with uh, with a little lesser-known uh, hey. lady singer.
2: That would be me, <laughs> lesser-known. <laughs> ben is big with the senior citizens. The seniors love him. He's been doing, we've been doing some. Uh,
1: Too bad they don't like you. <laughs> The seniors have the money, don't they? That's, that's right, been, that's right. right. We've
2: been doing some, uh, some events together with, uh, for senior citizens and we yeah. just had a ball, haven't yeah.
1: we? We sure have. Yeah. It is, it is so much fun.
0: Have you thought about, and I know so many have gone on, but have you thought about at this stage trying to do some kind of a spear reunion, putting something together? I don't
1: know how hard that would be. Well, we have, uh, in 19, uh, Eighty-one, we did a sixtieth anniversary.
0: The diamond, diamond anniversary.
1: No, diamond was seventy-fifth. Oh, okay. That was in 96... Oh, help, help me with it. 96. ninety-six. Yeah, ninety-six. Yes, at the okay. Roy Acuff Theater in right. uh, Opryland. And uh, those were those were some uh, sort of a now on the uh, on the seventieth. Which would have been 80, 91. Mm -hmm. We brought in some of the people that had sung with us in the past. Ann Downing, uh, Joyce Black. Who else? Uh, Sue Dodge. Yeah. And, uh. Karen
0: Apple. Was she with the group at that point?
1: No, no. Karen joined later. Later. Okay. Yeah. Karen is a phenomenal singer. Yeah. Yeah. She's one of my favorites.
0: What year did, did the Spear family come off the road? Uh, What was the last year you guys traveled?
1: Ninety-eight, here at the Quartet Convention, we Mm -hmm. announced our retirement from touring. Brock had become so ill that uh, he couldn't continue on. And, let's see, we were a couple of years before that broke my heart. We were flying to Fresno for... Uh, NQC regional convention out there mm-hmm. and uh, I was in the back of the plane and uh, he came back and he said uh, Ben I think you ought to take over the MC work and he had been such a great MC and uh, he said I'm, uh, I, I'm having trouble with my memory uh, some of the words don't come to me as easily as they used to, and I think you ought to take that over. And, uh, but he continued to sing and, and travel. Uh, in 98, it just came to the place where where he had to do something yeah. and could not continue because he'd gotten so ill. We just didn't have the heart to try to continue the group any longer after that. So we disbanded the group. And I had gotten off the road already in 93 because I had a daughter that, uh, was not well and, and I, I felt like I needed to be home more. And, uh, so he traveled for five years without me. And when he decided to disband the group, he didn't want to quit singing. So I told him, well, I'll just come back and. Sing with you and we'll get the sisters. So, uh, Karen and, and the other members of the group, of course, uh, they were not with us at that time. And, and we felt like that having the sisters and the, and the four siblings back together yeah, yeah. would, uh, would help us over that hurdle. And, and it did. And here at the Quartet convention in 98, we announced our retirement and, uh, it was, it was getting so hard even for the girls to mm-hmm. to travel. How's Faye doing these days? Faye is doing real well, real good. Allison can probably fill you in better on that. The, had a knee replacement.
2: Yeah, just recently had a knee replacement, and uh, she's doing really good. She had a little heart stint put in a couple months ago, and she's doing great recovering from that. So,
1: But I've known a lot of people that, that had that knee replacement and hobble around and have to have walkers, yeah. you would not have known that Faye had a knee replacement. <laughs> she just went ahead and just just walked like <laughs> mm-hmm. like normal.
0: Well, her song, and he's ever interceding, that, that's just going to live and live and live. Oh, yes, absolutely. That's a classic. <laughs> do you have a website? or there a way we can keep up with the music that you?
1: I do have, Ben Spear Music. Com. No space. And Spear is with two E's, not E-A. com yeah. C-
0: News C- has just hit, I think, that you if, if you were S-P-E-A-R, that maybe you would be a great-grandfather or
2: something. I think she had her baby. So. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's a totally different Spear family.
1: Yeah. yeah. And then on that website, you will see a link to the stamps com That's without any hyphen. Without any space, StampsBaxterSchool.com.
0: And that's two weeks every July. July. Yeah, in yes. Nashville. Well, this has been so much fun, and I told you it's going to be a lot of ground to cover. <laughs> and um, we could probably go on and on, and I'm sure there's decades we haven't talked about and, and series of uh, of member lineups that we could, uh, we could talk about. Right. Uh, but I do appreciate the time you've taken. And um, you keep
1: Allison in line, and I'm sure she'll... She'll love it. Well, that's not an easy job. Right, Brian?
2: <laughs> 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 Thanks so much, Ben. Thank you for having me.